0: This is the Sound Health Radio Show with Richard Talk To Me Guy, and Sherry Edwards is at work on the soundhealthportal.com. I know I say that every week, but it's really true because every time I go to the soundhealthportal.com, Sherry's come up with a new something because she's always thinking about it, always reviewing the materials and seeing how it can be improved or how you might display information in a different way. And now I'll explain what all that means. If you go to soundhealthportal.com, you scroll down to see current campaigns. And campaigns are free software packages, I'll call them, that you can run your vocal print or your voice. A vocal print is just a voice recording. You can run or have your voice run through. And some of the current campaigns are corona conflict, stem cells, fibromyalgia, and neuroplasticity. I like neuroplasticity a lot because it shows me what's going on in my brain, which sometimes is questionable. We were just talking about that backstage. It's a great opportunity to see how the Sound Health Portal works and how you can use it, and or possibly become a trained bara, Bioacoustic Research Associate. And so you go to the SoundHealthPortal.com. You scroll down a bit. You see which campaigns are happening. Free cam- the free campaigns are happening now. And then you go down to you sign up for a free membership. And with that, you'll be able to then choose after you sign up for the free membership. And that's just so they can send you the report and have your information available for you. And you sign up for the campaign that you'd like. And then the system will guide you do, through doing two 30 to 40 second sound recordings directly from your computer. This is the point at which I point out that I think it's a really great idea to have a something like the Samsung Go mic, which is about a $30 microphone. And with everybody zooming these days, the Samsung Go mic is a handy little mic. It's only two inches long and fits in your pocket. Actually, I carry it with me, so when I'm visiting people at a distance in their own homes, I can plug it into their computer and have them do a vocal analysis if they'd like it improves your audio quality for Zooms and for all sorts of meetups, and it also improves the quality of doing a vocal print or recording of your voice, so it gives more information to the system, meaning the software, to do a workup. You go through the two 30 to 40 second recordings, you submit that with a campaign that you're interested in, and within two to 24 hours, usually two to 10 at the most, you'll get a report by mail with a lot of information based on what software you chose, let's say neuroplasticity, I recommend sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing it. And then if you have a healthcare practitioner that's inclined, you can take that to them and they can go, oh, let's look at that. Let's see what's higher, lower. See if you have something that's not innervating, which means energizing neurologically correctly. And it just is, it's a really amazing system. And as you wanna know more about the Sound Health Portal, You can also go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the Classes tab, and then scroll down to Portal Presentations, and you'll see a recording of a recent live workup Sherry has done on air, where she'll take somebody's vocal print right on air, meaning online, run it through the software, and then present the material that comes up from what the software is showing. And at some points, it'll show something high or low Although one of her recent great charts that she came up with was a type of pie chart where it's obvious the points that are lit up because they're right in the center of the target are like, they're the things that you want to look at immediately to see if something's out of balance. It could be methylation, which is assimilation. It could be any number of things. It could be an allergy. It could be, it's amazing what shows up. You can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on portal presentations and see what's, what she's done recently. A couple of weeks ago, I was, or volunteered actually, for the uh, liver workup to see what was going on with the liver. And it's always amazing. It's an amazing resource. To hear a replay of this show, you go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, and then click on Sound Health Radio. The list of the shows will appear there. The flyer for this show will be at the top. And or now at the top, we have a link for either Pocket Casts or Stitcher. And if you click on Stitcher, it'll open a page with a list of shows that you can listen to right there. And this show will be at the top. It usually takes the aggregators, meaning the Stitcher or Pocket Casts or any of those, up to the most an hour to get the feed up to date with the current show. It's oftentimes much faster than that, but I'd say an hour at the most. And you'll be able to not only listen to it, but the great thing about that is you'll also be able to share it easily. Usually there's three dots or a hamburger, which is the three lines. And you'll click on that, there'll be a share option. So you can share the show directly to people by email or however you want, text messaging. And they'll be able to listen to it because there's a lot of information in here today with Penelope that I think is just perfect for our time. Really perfect you're on uh, ios you can go to your phone and look for the podcasts that's what it's called podcasts app and or on android it's called the google podcasts and in both of those you can search for either open the app and then search and you can search for either sherry edwards or talk to me guy and the shows will come up and it's a lot of shows and with that Penelope Jean Hayes is the founder of the Viral Energy Institute for Personal, Interpersonal, and Planetary Well-Being. The Viral Energy Institute is dedicated to research, study, and education in a new field of study called Viral analogy, which merges traditional science and metaphysical philosophy with a mission to spread higher consciousness virally around the world. The Institute began teaching in-person courses and offered mentoring and retreats in 2010, and their platform for online courses was launched in 2020. Penelope is a television contributor, speaker, and author of the books The Magic of Viral Energy, An Ancient Key to Happiness, Empowerment, and Purpose, and the bestseller Due Under Earth, It's Not Too Late. Penelope's latest book, titled Where Your Dreams Live, Mastering the Seven Levels of Consciousness from Which You Create Your Experiences, set for a winter 2021 release. As a journalist and expert contributor, Penelope has written for HuffPost and Face the Current magazine, and has appeared as an expert guest on numerous TV programs, including Dr. Phil and ABC News. She hosts a podcast show about contagious and viral energy simply called Penelope, available on iTunes and iHeartRadio, plus is co-host of the hot new podcast, Spiritual Yada. Penelope speaks and writes in a relatable and colloquial voice helping her to garner a following that clings to her brand of advice and signature style of unpacking energetically and metaphysical concepts in layman's terms and through story. At the heart of her work, she teaches how to elevate into higher self-consciousness through a process she calls osmotic energy balancing, which is a type of cognizant meditation. Penelope is a vegan an activist for saving our planet and protecting species and an advocate for compassion towards animals. Penelope joins us to discuss her new movement, The Magic of Viral Energy. Welcome, Penelope.
1: Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me.
0: Good morning. When you were being in the forest, as the fourth dimension was revealed to you, that was when the giant owl joined you. Do you think the owl might have waited to join you until you were in harmony with the zone that it lives in?
1: I absolutely do. I think that what happens when you spend time in nature is your energy eventually synchronizes with the environment around you. And that's whether you're in the city or you're in the forest. We take on the energies of our surroundings simply through marinating in that energy in that environment. So it's a process of osmosis, you know, the process by which molecules move from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration through a semi-permeable membrane until the energies are balanced on both sides. So I think in terms of the owl joining me that day in the forest, Richard, it was that the owl sensed that I was not going to harm it, that I was in balance with nature, and it was able to sense that that harmony within my beingness.
0: I have the fortune of, from the mid-60s on up, I was I had family friends who would go backpacking, and yeah. they'd take me along, and we'd go out into the Ventana wilderness, <clears throat> which is the part of the forest, the forest saved forest, from Monterey County down to L.A. And we'd go out hiking, backpack hiking, not day hiking, not car camping, actual camping mm-hmm. hiking, and we'd go out for two weeks to a month. Oh and wow. Yeah, it was it was mm, hardcore. It was more comfortable than hardcore, but it was serious. We were out in nowhere. They were campgrounds, but there were no restrooms. There were just fire pits and places that were sort of flattened so you could have a place to sleep. Mm -hmm. And there would be a period of time that once you were out there here, here's this woman, this family friend with some of her kids and myself. And there would be perhaps five or six of us. And you'd start out all kind of hyper and and then slowly as we'd go into the forest, the longer we'd be there, the more, you know, everybody would settle down and there would be times where you'd wake up in the morning in the campground and you're just sleeping on the earth in a, in a nice mummy bag, but you're just sleeping on the earth. And animals would be around. And I don't mean like a scene out of Disney, but I do mean deer would come up or, you know, other animals would drop by even raccoons would sort of walk through the campground. Like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? Because you were at the same vibe. Well, I would then okay. call vibe. And I really wish everyone would just try
1: that and experience that because where it translates into our life is the knowingness through proof of our own experience that this is what happens. So you could do that same experiment in a kind of negative popped up vibe energy, you know, all the unpleasant, the negative that are around us all the time, especially nowadays. And you will know, because you've had this experience in the forest, that you're also taking on that energy. So then you start to scratch your head and say, this is really important stuff to know, this viral energy. It really has an impact, the short-term impact, and also an effect on us. And it's chronically spending time in environments that are more positive or more negative. And it comes down to mindfulness you know, what do you want to take on? And what you do take on, Richard, is now the fuel for everything that you create in your life. So it does matter. You know, it's nice to, they call it these days forest bathing. So back when, when you and I started doing this, there wasn't a fancy name for it. Nowadays, they actually call this forest bathing. And that's the idea of going into a forest to soak in that beautiful, perfectly vibrating energy. And that's why forests are so great, because nature is already doing that perfectly. So it's one of those great environments. If you're looking for where to do this, that is a wonderful space to do it. But we can create that within our own life, within our own home, in our office environment, through our mindfulness and, and actively seeking that in our lives.
0: Well, and there's also another part of the forest bathing. um, I don't know how many years ago, but years ago, I attended a workshop with uh, Diana's Berford Kroger, who is a cardiologist who got disgusted with that industry. I'll just say it that way. And uh, went back to college and got her degree as a botanist and ended up studying forest bathing. But she was doing it from the perspective of, in Japan, they actually have forests that are dedicated to forest bathing. So that means they're paved and you go out into the forest and what you're doing is you're actually, the research she was looking at was the esters or the oils being released by the plant material, the trees. Mm-hmm. So people are literally going into the forest to inhale the beneficial oils with, I think in that case, kind of the, the side effect, positive side effect of being in the environment of the forest, but they're also getting the oils. And the, and the And she did a lot of research looking at longevity. And the people that did forest bathing on a long-term basis had longer life and healthier life. Mm-hmm. So it could be I I think it could be really it's m- much as what you're talking about what you're speaking to is the energy of the forest but there are also some medicinal benefits not that the other isn't medicinal benefit as well but I just thought it, that it was really interesting like wow that's amazing that's totally cool
1: in that experiment because you also then have higher oxygen and you know those medicinal benefits so there are aspects to it, and we know that nature is is very healing because we can feel that for ourselves. But in terms of the energy, at the Viral Energy Institute, we study this in many different experiments and different social settings. And you can look at an office environment where everyone is in cubicles. And what is that environment like? And what is the contagious energy there? So contagious energy for listeners, to break it down at the very, very basic level, we know that laughter is infectious and a smile is contagious, those positive things. Because we've felt that before, we have experienced that before. We also know, because we have experienced it, that if someone walks into the room in a bad mood or has an attitude or a tip on their shoulder, just carrying this cloud of negativity, even if they haven't spoken yet, you can feel that energy walking into the room and somehow like dominoes, it goes from one person to the next, or it can, you know, if there's not some level of mindfulness in mitigating that it can spread simply through osmosis just by being around that energy, whether it's positive or negative or
0: anything in between. So that leads me to ask about, could you talk about the pendulums? Cause that feels to me like, we're just human pendulums in a certain way waiting for that quantum entanglement. Either way.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. So in my book, The Magic of Viral Energy, one of the very first mentions, and it might even be chapter one, it seems you've got it in front of you. So the beginning of chapter one, I talk about how pendulums in proximity will begin to swing together. So Pendulums would be, you know, that little thing inside a grandfather clock, the thing that tick-tocks from side to side. Or you could take um, a pendulum on a chain and swing it, so a crystal at the end of a chain. So that's a pendulum. So if you started one pendulum over here and then started another one over here, in the beginning, they're kind of wobbling and moving differently because they were started at different times. Maybe they're different weights, different sizes. Different size pendulum and weight of pendulum could change that. Well, starting them at different times, if they're in close proximity, those pendulums, they will, within a short period of time, begin swinging together, regardless of their size or that they're different types of pendulums altogether. Those pendulums will actually start swinging to the same pattern, you know, that tick-tock from side to side. So that is another example. So it's actually, as you mentioned, that's the quantum entanglement of the sound energy. And that they just make it, they basically are making a partnership to say we're going to swing together. So those are all ways that we study energy and we know that energy is contagious in close proximity.
0: And I want to jump for a moment because this seems No, it doesn't seem it is so, I think, important at this time. You talk about moving from power through force versus empowerment through creation. Mm -hmm. Could you talk more about that? Yes.
1: We have, in the last number of years in particular, you could say maybe even the last five years, this seems to be something that's getting... You know, the pendulum in this case is swinging very far in the direction of force lately, it would seem, where people and, you know, governments and industries are coming from this mindset that, you know, force is the way to get something done or forces the answer to the power that, that they seek in their lives and really creation is more powerful than force. And when people wake up to that, we're at this precipice of changing as a species. We are evolving within the new We're evolving energetically. And we will, we are entering, we're at the precipice of entering this new age and with the new age will come this new thinking. So if anyone's looking to get ahead of that, you know, the big tip here is that creation is where your power is not force. So, I want to give two examples to explain this because it sort of needs some story and context for that to make any sense. Just to give you a little story, I have a friend, a good friend, who was sharing with me that he had this mentor, this idol his whole life growing up. And his idol was someone that he, he looked up to, it was a musical idol. And he looked up to this, this artist and just, you know, listened to his music and thought the world of this artist and really formed his own life and his own art and his own career after this person that he considered not only an idol, but, a, you know, a mentor from afar, although the, the idol, the, the artist, did not know who this person is. This is just some young boy somewhere. So as the story goes, the young boy grows up. And he finds himself now working with this artist. They're actually working, collaborating together on musical projects where the uh, friend of mine who was the young boy is now grown up and he's in that industry. And so he's assisting this idol and they get to work together now. We were discussing that. And he was just telling me how wild it was that, you know, finally he's in this place to be working with his idol. And so for many, many years he had wanted to. And, you know, tried to make contact and nothing ever happened. And so I, I said to my friend, well, you know, what it is, is that you grew into a person who developed your skills and your talents, created those into products, and now you have something to trade with your idol. So you're trading energy now. It wouldn't just be that you would force yourself on this other person that because I adore you so much that, you know, we have to work together or I want to be close to you in some in some way, but that you were finally in this alignment of being on the same page where you had something to trade. This person needed some music videos made. You happen to be one of the best in your business at that. And so now you're on par with this person. You have something to trade. So that's an example of how creation is the answer. It's not, you know, force, but looking for that empowerment through creation is how you will elevate yourself. And with that, I just want to also say that you know, the universe, our um, universe that we understand was created through the Big Bang. It's like this idea of a violent start to a volatile universe. So we're, you know, raised with this idea of force being even the very inception of our universe. So it's very inbred us to, at this stage of our human evolution, to believe that, you know, force is the way. But I'm going to hypothesize that actually creation is the reason for the expansion and the creation of the universe is creation itself, not this inception of the Big Bang. So we know now that the universe is growing and expanding. So not only was there this initial, you know, explosive bang, but that now still the universe continues to expand and expand exponentially, meaning that the outside reaches of that mass are actually expanding faster and faster and faster than even the stuff close to the Big Bang. So it's exponential. So we know now something called quantum fluctuation. Quantum fluctuation is when particles, pairs of particles pop in and out of what was thought to be empty space. And actually in 1927 German physicist Werner Heisenberg discovered this quantum fluctuation that what appeared to be empty space is actually teeming with the coming and going of energy particles. They pop into empty space and then they very quickly just pop right back out. They basically smash in, two of them smash in together and they pop right back out. However, every now and again, a little bit of residual energy is left behind in that what was thought to be empty space, this is viral energy. So what was thought to be completely empty space actually is teeming with the coming and going of energy. And every now and again, residual energy is left behind and that energy becomes matter. So you think about the dark matter in space. This is now what our physicists believe is creating that exponential expansion, but they don't know why or how. Well, quantum fluctuation, is happening in the dark matter. And so it is everywhere. Dark matter is between every single thing in the universe. And so in all of those pockets of everything is expanding. So this explains the expansion of the universe. So if we can reset our minds to that the our universe is not being created through force. Our universe is being created through creation itself. It actually helps us to reset how we live our daily lives that it will be through creation that we get things done through creation that we attain what we're really looking for you know influence money all of these things to live out our dreams it will be through our own creation that we can make that happen not through force
0: so it's almost as if the universe is creating that new energy as an opportunity spot for us
1: bingo yeah mic drop
0: mic drop (laughs) that's great
1: and that's the kind of work that we do at the viral energy institute so it's looking at not only quantum physics the very smallest of things and particles but how that applies you know, on the the macro scale, and in our own lives, because, you know, we know that in the work we do, we know that everything is connected, but that just becomes a tagline. Oh, everything's connected. Well, if you really believe everything is connected, then think about these things. So what's happening on the micro level of our universe is happening within our own beings and within our own relationships. And so when we can move into this new age, this new way of thinking, get on board with that spiritual evolution that we are destined to, it will happen whether we're on board or not. But what is happening is this transition from attaining your power through force and instead getting that power through your own creation. You make it happen, you know, use your talents, make products. You know, if my friend didn't have products to sell, one thing to have a talent It's a whole nother thing to have made it into a business or a product. So, take action, do something. If my friend hadn't have done that and wasn't already in that space of being ready for it, he would have never been on level with that mentor of his to be now working with his idol.
0: Recently, I interviewed uh, Robert Williams, who is a member of, uh uh-oh, the band slipped my mind, but it'll come back, uh, a band, a famous band. And they all met he had been an amateur, sort of a, an ongoing guitarist himself, and he met the group that he played with at the Maharishi Center back in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they sort of just bumped into each other. They were there. I wish I could think. Of it. It's not Earthwind. It's not Earthwood and Fire. It's Good Vibrations. Who produced the Beach Boys? There it is. Oh, so the Beach okay. Boys had the Beach Boys had built a studio. On the uni- on that campus, because they wanted to, they were all studying TM and meditation and that. And Robert Williams had gone there for a different reason or a different time, and they discovered each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they did was he talked about. Then years later, he then became a member of that band, and was with them for about twelve or fifteen years. However, he remembers performing at a huge venue, thirty thousand people when they were all on stage playing the song, good vibrations <laughs> they meant it meant it. They really intentionally were putting good vibrations brought from that meditative retreat location. Cause that's where the song was recorded. They really meant it. They mm. might not look it. They might not act it. It was the beach boys. Come on. How serious can you take the beach boys? But they really meant good vibrations going into the world. That's an amazing story. I love that. That's how I felt. I just thought that was great. Oh my God. It gave me reason to really like the Beach Boys. I don't hate them. I just sort of like the the Beach Boys. They wrote surf music.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's too so, so lighthearted to be taken seriously in a way, but obviously a real art and they, you know, rose to the top of their genre.
0: Yeah. And what a great opportunity because it, it's, To me, in a certain way, it's like the court jester. The court jester through history was always able to say things to the ruler that they were under that nobody else could say because they presented themselves as a clown. Mm -hmm. And in a similar way, the Beach Boys took that dark field opportunity, that dark matter moment of opportunity to go, let's put this out there. Mm-hmm. and they did and nobody knew nobody you know it wasn't like you were sitting and listening to Ravi Shankar mm-hmm. which seems like you should be doing that when you're listening to Ravi Shankar you're going to be in an altered state but the Beach Boys just put it out there as like here's this light little gesture like song good vibrations wow. and who knows it's and an just, awesome thing
1: yeah and you know a lot of artists do exactly that and almost reverse engineering what we think is oh just the beach voice but they might come to the idea of wanting to impart their message you know have some purpose in it and let's deliver that message through this light-hearted medium so you just never know what came first right the chicken or the egg
0: i still never know that one <laughs> that one so confuses me and i've thought about that a lot
1: <laughs> you have to listen that one either <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I want to jump back for a minute. When you Mm -hmm. talk, when you say I read in the book, and I think this is an underrated thing that people don't grok is all energy is contagious, good Mm -hmm. or bad. Mm -hmm. And with that, what is sticky energy?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, um, uh, I'll tell you another fun story about that with sticky energy. So The idea of viral energy in the examples that we've already given, so sitting in a forest, you're virally picking up what's around you. So it's not attraction. It's a different thing to law of attraction because that is, it's like how a radio works, you know, sending out a frequency, picking up on the same exact. This is just soaking, basically marinating. That's the viral energy. And the sticky part of that is sometimes you can carry it with you to another environment, so, the little story there is that there was a guy named Matt who was uh, went to an h o a meeting, so a homeowners association meeting in the community where he and his wife Jennifer lived. Jennifer didn't want to go to the meeting, so she stayed home, she was reading a book, you know, lit a candle, had her nice Zen atmosphere going, having a wonderful day. At the HOA meeting, everybody's yelling at each other. And there is like this big outbreak of someone mad about something, you know, how neighbors can be. And Matt's just a cool guy. He doesn't really let things stick to him. He's just the water off the duck's back kind of a guy. So, you know, no big deal. He does the meeting. He comes home. He walks in the door. And all of a sudden, within minutes, Jennifer just starts feeling irritated. You know, there's just something like it just invaded her space. And that was the sticky energy. So while it didn't affect Matt because he didn't allow it into his beingness just by the nature of his own intentions and the type of person he is, it did kind of stick to him and and cling on. And he brought it home and it was contagious to Jennifer who found herself almost instantly in a bad mood and didn't know why.
0: And how can we... Can we develop an awareness of that when we step into a potentially sticky energy atmosphere and or do you have a technique or a suggestion for how we can clear ourselves from that sticky energy, get that out of our what I will call auric field or osmotic field?
1: Well, you know, intention really is everything. Intention is so powerful. It creates everything in your life and in your world. And it sets your energy vibration, that vibration of your beingness, I call your presence. That doesn't mean showing up or physically being somewhere. It's the presence that you come with, your energetic presence, which falls into one of seven layers, and we can get there later. However, what you can do is to be mindful. So to be you know, aware that viral energy is a real thing, and we know this but we don't often bring it into our conscious lives where we're aware of it on a regular basis, unless you're doing doing the work that I'm doing and you're always telling people, watch your viral energy. And so it's become just a kind of saying in my house to watch your viral energy. So it's mindfulness. And beyond that, you can kind of, you know, mentally shake it off. You can um, just be aware of it. Sometimes you can even open some windows in the house and let the energy, the wind just sort of bring in a fresh pool of energy. So there's little things like that. But really just simply awareness can dissipate energy. If Jennifer wasn't aware of what was going on, she may never know. And it would just take some time for that to then, you know, dissipate again. The higher concentration of energy always wins. So it's not that you keep it forever and it might just be a small thing. So a small negativity that kind of clung on and came in, but the higher concentration will always win. That's why the forest wins over the person sitting there quietly meditating. The forest is the the bigger energy field. You can think of a bag of, I'll give you this example. So you think of if you had a, hot bag of water, like a water balloon, and let's say the water inside the balloon is hot. You drop that into a cold swimming pool. Well, it won't take too long before that water temperature inside the balloon is the same as the water temperature in the pool. Again, this is osmosis, and this is of temperature. Well, it's not that the pool becomes the same temperature as the hot water inside the balloon, because the pool is larger. So the larger energy field always wins. So in this case, Jennifer might just be able to shake that off, open a window, be a little mindful of it and carry on with her day 20 minutes later. Um, I had um, to give you an example of something that might be more powerful. I had a visitor recently over the holidays who came with a lot of negative energy. It was quite a challenge. And when she left, she was visiting us for five days when she left. I sage the house, so that me <laughs> a little, you know, extreme or certainly a uh, spiritual metaphysical practice, but it works for me. And I just lit a little white sage and went from room to room with um, my sage and a little feather, and opened up the back door and just let that energy just go out. And I also claimed my space, so I said out loud a little intention, which is that. You know, all negative energies are to leave our home immediately, that this is our home. We claim our space and only light and positive energy may reside here. So just to have that's a that's a verbal intention. So whatever works for you. But those are a couple of modalities.
0: I worked in a restaurant, a small cafe, bistro type restaurant, and the owner would come in in the morning and sage. Yeah, <laughs> which was hard to explain to some of the kitchen crew, but I knew what they were doing and I thought it was cool. And then yeah. at the end of the day, they would sage again. Although oftentimes at the end of the day, it was more of a glass of wine and forget the saging. We'll do that in the morning. But mm-hmm. it was and it's it's just a pause in the moment of let's just clear the slate. Let's start out clean. And that's always refreshing.
1: It's, you know, it's an intention. And if you don't have sage, like, I would never advise someone to look outside of themselves for the answers or some sort of outside magic, the magic is inside of you. And so for me, I like the sage, I like the smell of it, it um, brings me into a spiritual space in my, in my own consciousness, it just feels nice, I like it. Someone else can light a candle. Someone else can just say their intention out loud, but it's really the verbalizing of the intention that holds the power and anything that you believe holds power is what it comes down to. So it's not an outside source or some sort of a, a gimmick or, or a magic or a, you know, woohoo thing. Um, but I do like the sage and I think that you can have the same effect just through your intentions and intentions spoken out loud or even more powerful than just the thought energy.
0: Since we're in the osmotic energy balancing arena, what are the seven levels?
1: Yes. So, again, this is something that I was able to determine through studying and speaking to a lot of people, studying the interpersonal connections. um, And what I was able to do is filter energy into seven layers in which we live and reside in our energy So I'll explain more about that. First, I'll just tell you what they are. So starting in the very bottom layer, we call this one hell. And that's (laughs) self-explanatory. This is where, you know, guilt and lostness and the material underworld and violence, separation, fear, illusion reside. That's where these things flow in that very um, low vibrating energy of negativity, heaviness. Above that is the level called ignorance. And ignorance is like an energy, toxicity, disappointment, rejection, loss, relationship, drama, anger, smallness, greed, being stuck, powerlessness, stagnation, all of these things. And, you know, ignorance, there's a lot of people who may not realize how powerful ignorance can be. And ignorance is a very Mm -hmm. negative energy. So above that is indifference. And indifference is You know, pessimism, relationship instability, hurt regret patterns, which often happen within families, hurt each other, then you regret it, you apologize, and you hurt each other again. Um, Self-loathing, judgment, criticism, inflexible beliefs, septic energy, all of those things are in the level of indifference. Above that is the level called wanting, and wanting is the beginning of spiritual curiosity. It's also, you know, overwhelmment and infatuation, achievement-driven behaviors, need. Um, you know, you think of wanting, you know, you need this, you need that. So you're just driving everything from this place of need. You know, the, you want something, you don't have it. It's a different energy. Above wanting, this is where things start to change. They really start to enlighten. This next is kind of this Really big shift from wanting to awareness. So awareness is that next level. And awareness is a place of forgiveness, patience, seeking. So it's a place where you, you know, you're not there yet. You know, everything's not, you know, just swimming along, but you're seeking, you're wanting, you're opening your mind. You're becoming more purpose driven. You're more intentional. You're beginning to wake up. You have empathy, you know, being to see things from other people's eyes. Above awareness is the level level six, which is creation. And creation is, you know, that creativity. That's what we were talking about earlier. This is where everything's just starting to fire on all cylinders for you. The wonderment, abundance, wisdom, the experience of joy, all of these things, happiness, acceptance, fulfillment. And above that which is, you know, rarely obtained, like we work our whole lives, we may never get there. But the, you know, the seventh level is heaven. And that's just a term, it's the spiritual pentos, it's the unconditional love, you know, the heaven on earth, the pure enlightenment. And um, not to say that most people will ever experience that in a lifetime, but those are the seven levels. And we were able to determine that depending on where your presence, that energy being that is you, that I call presence, depending on where you are vibrating, you are going to be in one of those levels. And so I like that they think of those seven levels, like, I don't know, the seven levels of a department store. And, you know, you wanna ascend to higher levels, but an even better way to think of it is, you know, we always hear that term, go with the flow, everything go with the flow. Well, what is go with the flow? These seven layers are the flow that you're in. So if you're in the flow of wanting, you're only going to get what's in that flow with you. So that's the rub. So while well, you may want something that's in the level of creation, say that experience of joy, bliss, abundance, it's not in your flow. It's not on your level. So as much as you want that, you have to raise your vibration, your internal energy presence in order to experience those things. And there's a lot to know. That's the type of things that we teach at the Institute, but that gives you a little bit of a thousand feet up on the seven levels.
0: And this is a slight jump, but it fits in. As you observe the levels or as you work on osmetic energy balancing, have you done any work or the, have the heart math people done any work looking at this with their heart rate variability monitoring systems, either software or devices?
1: No, I. You know that's a great collaboration idea, actually, and something perhaps to put on our to-dos in the future of study at the Viral Energy Institute. I actually think that as you're saying that, I'm also thinking of the work that you and, and Sherry Edwards, do regarding voice and Mm -hmm. sound and that that would be a tremendous collaborative study for the institute to look at these levels the energy presence and the implications of as you mentioned heart but also sound we do look at sound a lot in the institute sound in, in different ways but it does bring in a whole new area to incorporate
0: there's a lot of, I'm obviously very pro Sherry's work, and I have a lot of respect for the people at HeartMath. I've watched them for decades, and I've always thought it was a kind of a sleeper technology that hasn't really still gotten fully out into the world because it's a little, even though they have tech devices you can click through the ear or put on your finger or software where you do exercises, it's still a little oogie boogie, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. But
1: about might sound that way but things are changing it's becoming more um, just daily conversations
0: as time goes on I think it's a really great tech I, I know some practitioners who use it when they're testing somebody for food allergies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they can have them in a state in a state of flow doing the heart rate variability and then they add a food into their field and they can actually see the shift in the field or I know somebody else who used it in a psychological realm the way they would have them hooked up to the meter and then watch the screen and then talk about a process or a family trauma, let's say. And you'd watch it spike and then they'd talk about it until it went flatline. And it's it's an amazing tool. I think it'd be really fun to watch <clears throat> what you do with that or vice oh, versa.
1: Collaboration is so good and so important. And I think that you, you do bring up something very um useful for the future. You know, one of the things we have looked at regarding heart rate is there are studies outside studies of couples who are very well connected, not every couple, but couples who are very well connected and they will eventually have heartbeats that are also in sync, just like the pendulums. So pendulums in close proximity will swing together and people who are very connected, I would say emotionally, spiritually, their
0: heartbeats will begin to synchronize. Mm.
1: So we can't. say that it, it might be an out there concepts. They are real. Cool. <laughs> like these things are happening, whether you want to know about them or talk about them or not,
0: they are. Well, there's been even in my in the my my time. It always sounds like prison when I think of it that way. It was a little <laughs> that way. Uh, being a <laughs> chef, there are times in kitchens that I've been in where there's an amazing, it, it sometimes drops in, depending upon the crew, it can drop into a state of flow that is really quite extraordinary. You don't know it. Nobody knows it. Yeah. Suddenly just everything is coming out. I mean, you might be serving food to 300 people in an evening and it it drops into a flow zone where it all is just happening. Even though you're, if you pause and you look, you should be in a state of panic. <laughs> That's always an option because it's a kind of a panicky thing where suddenly the wheel fills up with tickets and you're like, bad words. And but, but when it's happening and it's flowing and the food is coming out and it's just flowing through, it's really an an amazing state to be in. And I've talked about it. I've known some of the food servers that have worked in those restaurants who either did a lot of yoga or spent a lot of time meditating. And we would talk about that after work. Did you see that hour where it was just in flow? And it's an extraordinary thing to be in. You, you see it a lot in, in sports or other kinds of athletics. I think of gymnastics where you see somebody who is in that state and they're uh-huh. just doing this magical thing and they're in a, they must be in a flow state. Am I getting that right when I use that term flow state?
1: I used to be a gymnast, so I can actually, you know, firsthand experience talk about that. But I'm so glad you brought this up because so sports teams I was going to mention, too. So it's not just a matter of experience or just a matter of how many years you've worked together, because it could be within the same game where things are just not clicking. And then all of a sudden, just like you described in the kitchen, no matter how busy that environment is or how. It should be chaos. There is that moment, that magic that happens. And you can think of each one of those people, they're an energy being, and each one of those people as a gear. And all of a sudden, all those gears that were kind of, you know, rubbing and kind of clicking, all of a sudden, all those gears just click into place. And the whole machine just starts going. That, Richard, is viral energy. Because you cannot attribute it to experience. You've done the same thing every night in that kitchen. You know, you did the same thing an hour ago, but all of a sudden the energy synchronizes, boom, and everything just flows.
0: And it's an amazing thing to be part of. I remember when um, the founder, whose name I can't think of, Michael something, uh, the founder of Eslin Institute, Mm hmm. Yeah. Towards toward his latter years when he wrote the I forget the name of the book, but it was like the Zen of golf or something that just threw everybody like, wait, the founder of Estland Institute's talking about golf. What? <laughs> but, but he was really writing a book. He wrote a book because he loved golf. And he wrote a book about being in the flow state. I'm not sure that's a word he ever used, but it was really that about how golfers. Again, like a gymnast, although your work as a gymnast is so much harder. Uh, but I mean, being in that flow state of you know closing your eyes, taking the breath, being in the moment, finding your feet, and then swinging, versus being all agitated and wow, I'm you know that. And that's what his book was about: was being in flow state while you're golfing and how it improved his game.
1: And there is a so movie. it comes from. Golf yeah. The King's golf mind unlock the real game. No, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: name of the book. I'm Googling as you're talking. Yeah. (laughs) Michael Murphy, great work.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it was a perfect place. And for somebody who loved golf, the Monterey Peninsula was a stunning place to love golf because they had some of the most beautiful golf courses in the world.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yes certainly makes it easier to be in that wonderful zen place when the environment is beautiful. Yeah, and that's part of it too, you know, the environment. So it's mindfulness, but also what can you create in your environment when a lot of us, when COVID hit and a lot of us started working from home rather than in the studio or, you know, wherever someone works in the office. And now they're working from home a lot of people started wanting to look at, you know, how can they make their office a nicer place? And first is the technical side, you know, what do I need to work from home? But I would also encourage people to, now that this has gone on so long, if you're still working from home, you know, beautify your space because it also has an effect on that energy that you are flowing in and vibrating in because you're taking on, like how you interpret your environment is an energy formation that you are creating, that you're living in.
0: Well, it goes to that wonderful phrase you use about what the heck are you marinating in? (laughs) 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 That is so good. That's so good. And having been a chef, I'm thinking, Oh, marinating. Wow. So So that is so true.
1: Well, you know, at some point with the news and all of the things going on, you know, with politics and We could go on and on. We won't dip too far into that, but I think everybody gets the general idea. At some point, you have to just ask yourself, you know, what are you marinating in? Like, you know, um, is this making you angry? You know, is there something you should be doing to mitigate that where you can detach yourself in some way to be able to? Because, you know, that's where depressions come from, not getting into, you know, clinical psychosis and a lot of, the heavier mental illnesses, but looking at what I would call a working, um, like a functional depression where you still go to work, but, you know, that's where these depressions come from is something happening chronically. So negativity, heavy energies, chronically. So you think it doesn't matter what we're exposing ourselves to? Like, do you think it doesn't matter what's going on in your environment or what the heck you're marinating in? It does matter because you're taking it on and we're not superheroes here. Like at some point it affects us to a point where, you know, we can't crawl back out of it. So it does matter how much you subject yourself to, and it does matter what you take on because now this presence, this energy vibration that is your presence is the fuel for everything that you create from your energy presence is what you're creating your life with your relationships with. So it matters.
0: Well, I think it also matters. This is a whole other show. Uh, it matters also in that it was Bruce Lipton that introduced me to the idea of, because Bruce Lipton's first book was talking about the cells and how uh-huh. they have receptor sites. I saw him lecture right after he wrote his first book. And he was doing this funny thing with PVC piping, trying to show us the, way things bumped into each other and the interaction of rna and dna and how the cells were listening Mm -hmm. and how the cells have receptor sites and they're keyed to receive certain hormones not all hormones can go to all cells cells Mm -hmm. have keys in them that receive Mm -hmm. certain hormones however cells have antenna on them that's what he was pointing out it's like no wait they have antenna on them really kind of yeah and and he introduced the idea of cells are receptive so if you're marinating in bad stuff all day bad is in quotes depending upon what that is a stressful thing let's say a total to- a phrase i like to use a lot is total toxic load which can be mental or environmental it can be any number of things it's eventually going to be immunosuppressive oh and then yeah goes, the beat goes on so Dang. what the heck are you marinating in that's well in
1: but the implications now to our health and the idea that subluxations to our health are mechanical, they're also emotional. So if if for those who may not know subluxations in chiropractic, they talk about subluxation. So that would be like a kink in your spine. You've got a little vertebrae out of whack and it's pinching that nerve that out of whack, um, you know, break in the communication system that your nervous system is, is a subluxation. So take that same word and there are subluxations in our life that are created by, you know, actual mechanical things. So a bone out of whack, like a vertebrae, subluxations can be caused by a chemical in your body. So a toxin can subluxate your natural health. And subluxations are created by energetic you know, pockets, masses in the body that need to be removed or, you know, stagnation of energy in the body too causes subluxations. So these subluxations are all things that are disallowing the body to do what the body would do naturally, which is perfect health and immune system. You know, all of these things work very well without interference, those subluxations.
0: You can also get a subluxation from, let's say you have a chronically irritated liver because of environmental exposure, like, oh, let's say pesticides, just saying. And so if your liver is chronically irritated, it will eventually send signals to that junction in your vertebra going, I'm irritated, I'm irritated, I'm irritated, I'm irritated. And it can create a kind of subluxation Mm -hmm. because it's sending a signal to try to get to your brain to go, hello, hello. Hello, well, there's a problem
1: here. Just mask oh. it with a pharmaceutical. Our bodies are so smart and so much smarter than we are. And they're communicating so very well with these signs and symptoms. And instead of listening to the communication of the body, which are those signs and symptoms, we're just addressing the symptoms, addressing the symptoms with pharmaceuticals. So, yeah, we, it is time to wake up. And we are... Going into this great awakening and all of these things are not going to be fringe conversations They are and are becoming more and more mainstream
0: And I just happen to scroll in my notes here to toward the end of the book You have this sort of bullet points the cheat section for those of us that might be that type of person that goes to the end of the book to see if it's a cheat section is this great thing that's It's happening whether you're conscious of it or not. That's it. Yes. Thanks for pointing that out because
1: that is true. So viral energy is happening whether you're conscious of it or not. So you might as well be conscious of it because there's actually great power. And I don't mean that in the way of force as we come full circle in this conversation, but there's great power as an empowerment and true power and, you know, the influence that we would really want. There's a lot of this type of empowerment potential and power in understanding viral energy and how it works. You know, you think about how television and marketing people already know how contagious energy is in terms of emotions. So if you're, you know, a marketing person doing a commercial he would have, you know, the smiling face, maybe it's a baby or it's someone who's just smiling. Well, what is the person at home doing? They're smiling. So I notice my husband doing this all the time. He happens to be someone without very much of a, you know, filter in that way. Uh, he's not very self-conscious, but he could be watching something and he will be mimicking the exact expression of what he's watching. So the marketing people already know this it's high time that everyone understands that that is a contagious energy. You know, it's contagious just by looking at it. And these things can translate into, I would say, advantages in your life and gains within your earning potential, um, relationships and interpersonal communication, interpersonal connections. When we understand viral energy in all of this iterations we begin to have energetic advantages in our life.
0: I can't believe I'm I'm stunned. I didn't control, I didn't manage the quantum field enough uh, that we're at the point of where I need, I want to ask you about how do people work with you? Do you do workshops online and where would you like people to find out more about your work and where would you like people to find your book?
1: Sure. Well, we're talking about the book titled The Magic of Viral Energy, and it's everywhere books are sold. This is a widely distributed book, and that would be, of course, on all the online platforms as well as in all of your favorite bookstores, independent or large bookstores. My work, you can find me at PenelopeJeanHayes.com. There's also OnePenelope.com, which just send you right over to PenelopeJeanHays.com. So if entering one Penelope.com is easier, you can do that as well. And yes, we have the Viral Energy Institute, which is just ViralEnergyInstitute.com. I do personal coaching. We have online courses. We have in-person retreats. Once the world opens back up, you can come visit me at the Viral Energy Institute for a one-day or three-day retreat full of zen, healthy,
0: wonderful, I recommend to everybody that they go to the viral energy Institute and just enjoy the photographs of the Institute's location. <laughs> wow. I'll <That'd> cook. Be- <laughs> I'll be happy to cook. I'll be happy to cook.
1: We have to listen to for sure. Richard.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. That went faster than I thought it was going to. And I look forward to the next show where we talk about you soon. I can't believe you're writing another book. Mastering the Seven Levels of Consciousness from Which You Create Your Experiences. Yeah, That'll be our next show. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about global viral contemplation. That's a whole other conversation. Thank you so much. That was great. And everybody else, have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.